Amen. Um, before I start this morning, there's somebody here that has come this morning needing to hear an answer from God. Is that person here? Is someone coming that, like, I've got to hear from God today about something that has been on your heart and you've been praying for? God says to you, it's done. Whatever it is, it's done. So you don't need to worry. You don't need to fear. You don't need to be crying out anymore because God says, it's done. Amen. Amen. Um, When Graham asked me to speak this morning, Pastor Graham asked me to speak this morning, um, we didn't know it was Women's Day. In fact, we didn't know it was Women's Day until this morning when I saw a poster, I think, on Facebook. And I was like, I didn't know it was Women's Day. In fact, I didn't even know there was a Women's Day because Mothering Sunday's coming up really soon. And I'm like, since when are we having Women's Day? So, men, do not switch off because it's Women's Day. The word of God is for everybody. Amen. Amen. So I was really praying about what to bring this morning. And God really challenged me to bring, why are you compromising? Why are we compromising? You know, in um, August 2018, yes, I was invited to go to South Africa to... Um, holds campaigns, healing meetings, do the missions, visit hospitals, visit prisons, and and so on and so forth. But, you know, before I went, um, God told me that I was going to meet opposition. I was going to meet the demonic. I was going to meet the snakes in the spirit. And I was like, okay, God, I kind of expect that. But God said to me, no, this is not from the area you are expecting. This is from some of the pastors that you will be meeting. You know, God is gracious. He will arm us really beforehand when we seek his face. And so I went armed and I had my prayer warriors backing me in prayer because I knew if God is warning me about these things, it would be a pretty strong demonic force that we will be facing. So we went and um, God was gracious. He is so gracious. When we are obedient with God, you know, he is so gracious. So we went and we did the mission and we, we did all what that God had told us to. And the positives that come from it was that 550 plus souls gave their hearts to Jesus. There was one church that we was able to plant in a place in, in South Africa where three of the hundred, 300 of the 500 made a decision for Christ. So we was able to plant a church there at the time. You know, many signs and wonders, miracles were happening because the grace of God was there. Jesus was there. There was one lady, she came and she came for prayer and she said, I don't know why I've come for prayer. She said, I have come for prayer many, many times. She said, I'm in so much pain. She said, 
I, I don't know, just, just pray for me. And I said to her, you know what, I have faith for the both of us. If you haven't got enough faith, the fact that you've come forward for prayer shows that you actually do have faith. I prayed for this lady and God mightily touched her. She was running around, running around. And then she said something that really broke my heart. She's running around and she's like, I've got it for free. I've got it for free. And I'm like, what do you mean you have it for free? She said, I was in desperate need and I was watching the God channel. And they said, reach out if you, you want prayer for this because you're sick or because you're in pain or because you, you have difficulties. She said, I went to reach out my hand towards that TV. And then they said, but make sure you send 500 rands to be able to receive your healing. She said, I can't buy a bag of salt, let alone pay 500 pounds to get my healing. So she was running around shouting, I've got it for free, I've got it for free. My friends, you know this morning that the men of what they call of God is compromising the church today. We are making Jesus look like something that he isn't because of our own flesh and our own greed. We went to this other lady. She had got demons. She was a witch. She'd got many demons. The people in the, in the congregation were scared. They were really scared. Because, you see, they've seen witchcraft spirits. They've seen all these things. And she started shouting in their language. And they, all these people started to take her out of the congregation. And I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going? They said, the, the demons are telling us to take this woman to the river. And I'm like, why are you taking her to the river? She will have to stand there for days and even weeks until the snakes come to give her more power over you. And I said, Satan, you are a liar. I am not compromising with these people. I told the people, take your hands off of her. She is not leaving this place with these demons. They will go where Jesus sends them to go, and this woman will be set free. Amen. Then I met the, the, the person that God warned me about. We was invited to a prison with this this pastor, he was very popular. He had many congregations. And every time I looked at him, I saw the, the snake. I saw the snake. And I'm like, Jesus, what is this? What is this? What am I dealing with? What am I fighting here? What is... What is it that I need to protect myself in the spirit and protect these people in the spirit? And then someone comes to me and says, this pastor goes to the witch doctor to get power over his people. And so his people wasn't free. They wore these weird gowns. They were chanting the weirdest things. And it was just like I'd gone into an occult meeting. And I faced him and I looked him in the eye and I said, Brother, what are you doing? You are taking these people to hell with you. Shame on you because you know what you are doing. Because he wanted the power. 
He wanted the flesh was calling out and the pride was shouting out, I want the power. So I will compromise all of my congregation that will go to hell if they don't hear the truth. Because only the truth will set them free. We went to one of these meetings in a small village. You know what? I said to God, what am I doing here? He said, give them the gospel. Give them the gospel. I tell you, my friends, I was able to leave that place knowing these people are going to heaven and that they are saved by grace. I told them to leave that church and find one that a church that would take them in the right direction. I said, this isn't a church. It's like a coven. It's like an occult. It's wrong. But this guy had collected thousands and thousands of these people because they believed him. And he was a very powerful man in their sight. But he could not look me in the eye. He could not even speak to me because it's not me. It's because of Jesus. And I will not compromise anything for the sake of the gospel. And you might think, oh, well, we're not like that. Well, I know you're not. I know you're not. And I know you love Jesus. But we, my question is, are we compromising anything that can stop what God is doing? A little after a while, I, I left and I had another dream. And in the dream, there was tiny, sweet baby snakes. And there was the big mummy snake. The mummy snake was sleeping. And the little, the little snakes were playing. And then one of the little snakes wanted to leave the house of the mummy snake. And so she woke up and she ate the snake. You see, the dangers of if we are playing with something that we shouldn't play with, and then we try to fight our way out in the flesh, Satan will try and get us. He will not let go very easily. In Matthew 6, verses 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The danger of compromising is, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the guy who didn't want to fight in the civil war, he didn't agree. He thought he would come up with this amazing idea to bring peace to both countries. He, he didn't want to take uh, uh, um, choices of, shall I fight this one or shall I fight that one? So what he did is he, he put the, the army uniform on the top of, of one of the armies and then he put the bottom of the, the uniform of the other army and thought he would walk between the two armies which he did. Do you know what happened to him? Both sides fired at him. So we really need to know whose side we're on. We can't compromise our life and our decisions. So I'm not suggesting that we are holier than now. Nor am I suggesting that we are beating people with the Bible 
or the app on our phone, you know, we hit them on the head by preaching to them every time we see them, unless God prompts you to do that. But you see, there is something different about a person that doesn't compromise. People might laugh at us. They might think we're strange. They might not want to have much to do with us because they think that we're too righteous. We're too holier than thou. And so because we don't want people to think that, we compromise a little. But compromise actually is the start of taking your eyes off of Jesus. Compromising is starting to live a life that you want to live without consulting Jesus. Compromising is spending the time doing things that are really what you shouldn't be doing rather than what you should be doing. And so when you're doing that, the gap of you getting further and further away from Jesus is getting wider and wider. And then we're into trouble because things that happen when the enemy has a foothold in a small gap, he only needs a small gap to get a foothold. It might be that you lead to immorality or idolatry or loving something instead of, I'm I'm not going to the house of God today because I really, really need to go and buy those shoes from my favourite shop that's on sale today. My friend, you're compromising. If God wants you to have them shoes still tomorrow, they will still be there and might even have any more money off. But you know, the best antidote to not compromising and you don't alert and you don't go towards the temptation of the world is to have a passionate relationship and love with Jesus Christ. You know, there was a time that Graham and I There was one particular soap on TV that we liked. And one day I was watching it and God said, you know what, you're inviting all that stuff in your front room. And I'm like, God, it's only a program. And he said, you are inviting things in your front room, same-sex marriages, same-sex relationships, idolatry, fighting, violence. When you have that on, you are inviting that into your home, which is causing atmospheres. And the enemy will use that. He will use that. And it's like, you're right, God. You're really right. Because me watching it is telling the world, telling the media, that I'm okay with this. Because they know roughly how many people are watching these soaps, programs, films. And I was a number tick. They watch it. And I'm like, God, I am so sorry. I don't want this atmosphere in my house. I don't want these things going on in my house. Because if you said to me, what do you agree with? Do you agree with violence? I'd be like, no, of course I don't. And what, but you have it in your front room. I'm compromising. And so we stopped and we don't, thankfully, 
watch any soaps. And it's like, what can we watch instead? Or let's read the word instead. Or let's get into a good book instead. Or let's even talk to each other instead. That's quite a, a challenge, isn't it? But is there a breakdown in your relationship with God? It's only a matter of time until compromise starts taking you into a different direction. You know, compromising is lowering your standards. Compromising is lowering your standards. Start making a way into your life where you can start making your standard higher for the glory of God. Keep your guard up. Stay close to Jesus. Let the fire of God and let the fire of the first love burn brightly and cause us to become strong. I can't compromise and be sin-free. I can't because I've already made probably wrong decisions that are going to head in wrong directions. And so we need to be keeping in the word of God because that helps us and it gives us strength. In Galatians 1 verse 6, it says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. And so that was people in the church. That was Paul sending a letter and saying, hey guys, how quickly are you already turning to other things rather than what you saw God do that brought you into the house of God. In 1 Samuel 3, verses 11 to 14, if you'd like to turn to it. It's about Eli. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel, at which both ears of everyone who hears will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end. For I have told him I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. Because his sons has made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by the sacrifices or offerings forever. Now what Eli was doing was that he saw his sons, they were living a disgusting life. The Bible says a vile life. Not a bad life, a vile life. And instead of Eli going to them, who was a priest, and say, hey sons, because they would become priests too, because it went down the line. You cannot live like this. You need to change your ways. But he didn't. He just take, kept taking sacrifices to God and said, I'm really sorry for my sons. And in the end, God said, I'm not, I'm not accepting these sacrifices anymore. It's not happening anymore. Because you are compromising 
by allowing your son to continue in their, in their way, continuing in their decision, and that they are just doing what they like, and they are priests of God. And so Eli was responsible for where his sons were at. My friends, when we bring in children, it's so easy to compromise for an easy life. For peace and quiet. But I tell you what, you start doing that, the storms will come later and they will hit harder. But they will fight you when you say no, and I mean no, it's not happening. They will fight you, but they will respect that boundary as they grow up. But if you keep pushing that boundary, you are compromising your decision. You are compromising on allowing them what they are not supposed to be doing. And then you're going to stand before God. And you're going to say, he's going to say, I'm tired of the sacrifices of your apology for your children when you are not taking responsibility. So, my friends, we, even with our children, we must not compromise what the word of God is saying because we will lose them to the enemy's camp and then you are going to have to go to the enemy's camp to retrieve them back. And then death can happen. Their curses can happen. Trouble will come. Don't go that far into the fact that you want an easy life. Then we had Jehoshaphat. His downfall was with his relationship with Ahab, the king of Israel. Ahab, who was also one of the most vile kings to rule in Israel, he allied, Jehoshaphat allied himself with Ahab through marriage. At one point, Ahab proposed a military alliance to Judah. They were going to fight. They were going to defeat the Syrians. And Jehoshaphat was very reluctant. He knew in his heart that that war was wrong. So he said, let's call the prophet. Let's see what the man of God is saying. So they called the man of God in and they said, we want to be defeating the Syrians. Shall we go to this war? And the prophet of God said, you do not go. You do not go. But Jehoshaphat was embarrassed to have to say to Ahab, well, actually, I'm pulling out. He was compromising. He didn't want to be disliked by this horrible king. Maybe he was afraid of what the king would do to him. But we know that as we read on, that what happened? Ahab was killed. It was only that the grace of God that Jehoshaphat still kept his life. But you see, there was murder when there shouldn't have been murder. Now you might think I'm really being a bit harsh on this. But Satan is no different. He's no different. He's not going to be nicer because it's 2020 than he was in these days. Oh, my friends. Oh, my friends. Death could have been prevented if they had acted on their warning. Today, I am standing here 
given a warning. Do not compromise. You see, both Eli and Jehoshaphat, they were good men. They were religious, pious men who sought God within the framework of their own interest. But God says that they also had serious character weaknesses that kept them from glorifying God to the highest potential and caused serious punishment and even curses to come upon them. We have all got weaknesses. We wouldn't be human if we didn't. But you see, when you're compromising, the devil knows what your weaknesses are. And he will step in and like, I have got that place. I have got that foothold. And I'm going to make it wider and I am going to cause trouble. What might we be compromising on? How easy is, is it to be in the company that you find yourself in? Are you in the company of people that will bring out your weaknesses? And you're very likely to compromise that which you believe in your heart that's not right. You have to be strong and courageous if you are going to put yourself into the company of people that will try to bring you down. My question is to you, would there ever be enough evidence to convict us of being guilty in the court for living a Christ-like life? Would someone have to stand up and say, you're guilty for being just like Christ? Or would they say, you are guilty because you compromised? But you might say, you know, my family, they don't understand. They don't believe in God, so I just act the way that they expect me to act. No one knows what tomorrow holds. Or do we know when Jesus is returning? But you know, you're probably the only one that can tell them the truth. It could be that it's too late and they'll say, why didn't they tell me? Why didn't they tell me when they knew? Why did they behave like us when they really knew the truth? Maybe at work, my colleagues wouldn't accept me. Oh, there goes my promotion. If they know that I'm a Christian and I won't compromise, I won't fit in anymore if they know I'm a Christian. If you don't fit in, that's because you're not supposed to. My friends will think I'm weird. I'm weird. I don't mind being weird. I'm, I'm, I'm different for Jesus. You know, will they start to disinclude you? Will they start asking you to the outings or for a drink or get-togethers? So what if they do? Because I tell you what, when there's trouble... When there's problems, when there's sicknesses, when there's issues, who are they going to go running to? The ones that they know who will pray for them, will help them, will guide them, will make a difference in their lives. So what does Jesus think? Would we be embarrassed if Jesus physically walked into this room today? And he says, what are you compromising on? Would we be ashamed? Would we be embarrassed? Yet the Holy Spirit is here. Wherever we are, the Holy Spirit is with us. He sees all these things. And so it's not like, oh, we got caught because Jesus walked in. Jesus, the Holy Spirit 
The Trinity is with us all of the time. And so we don't want to be embarrassing the Holy Spirit either. God desires more from us. It says in, in Hebrews 10, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know, faith plus confidence equals meekness. And the meek are not timid. Notice Paul's encouragement to Timothy. He said in 1, 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you through laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound minds. Have you been making compromises? They might be small, they might be big. What destruction is this causing to ourselves or others around us? You know, I really believe, I'm going to walk, I really believe that God wants us to be living like the apostles. No compromise. No compromise. When they reached out to touch the sick, they were healed. When they walked, their very shadow touched them and healed them. People were added to the church daily. Hundreds, daily. When they prayed for the, the dead, they were raised up. When they prayed for those with things that were impossible for man, what's possible for God? I want to be like them apostles. But let me remind you of the disciples. When they went to pray for that boy who had epilepsy, they couldn't do it. And I'll tell you why they couldn't do it. Because they were distracted about all the people that were around them, that they was working in the flesh and not in the spirit. And so when Jesus said to them, only by prayer and fasting that this will happen, what Jesus was actually saying was, I need you to come into that place that there is no distraction to raise your faith, to stop compromising with the voices and the noises and the humdrum around things, and you will see greater things. Oh, hallelujah. You want to see the greater things? You want to see the greater things? You want to reach out and see the sick healed? You want to go past someone and you see them get up off the floor because they don't walk? Or the blind see? Do you want to do that for Jesus? Do you want to see the signs and wonders and miracles? Do you really want to see them? That people fall to their knees in repentance because they feel the anointing upon us? Oh, my friends, I want that more than anything in my whole life. That I will see God glorified in everything I say and do through my life. I want to see the church built because I will not compromise. I will be bold and I will have courage and I will step out. You might say it's all right for you. You're, you're strong. You, you, you've got a big mouth. You're not scared what you say. When I was a child, my sister used to speak for me. 
I couldn't hear. And so someone had a conversation with me. My sister used to speak for me. She would answer the questions that someone asked me. I'd stand in a room and I would find a corner and I would sit in there to hide so no one would talk to me so I wouldn't have to talk back to them. But you see, when God gives you a message, he gives you boldness and courage and authority to take that word. Hallelujah. And so God is calling us today. God is setting us apart today. You are here, hearing this word today because he is setting you aside. Oh, hallelujah. This morning, I want to challenge you. Did Jesus compromise on our behalf? Did he compromise? When they were whipping him and tearing the flesh on his very back, he could have called 10,000 angels down to come and rescue him. But he wouldn't compromise on taking our blame. When they were putting the nails in his hands and feet, he could have called those angels down and said, I'm not doing this. Let them take their own punishment. But he didn't compromise. He went all the way. He went to hell for us so that we could have eternal life. He didn't compromise. And yet, my friends, we are so flippant. We think we just do this. It's okay. It's only small. Oh, we'll just go here. I know that we shouldn't really be going there. Oh, we'll just watch this on TV. I've heard it's good. But I know there's a lot of swearing and violence in it, but I'll try not to listen to that bit. We are compromising. God is calling us to be righteous and living for him that the church can be ready for when the bridegroom comes. Because we are not ready, my friends. Because if we were ready, then we would be seeing the signs and wonders. We would be seeing the miracles on a daily event. We would be seeing people bowing the knee because we've walked past them, because we carry that anointing. When we're seeing that, I think we're almost ready. We're almost ready. But right now, I thank God that he is giving us each day, each day, as a new chance, a new opportunity. We can't miss it. So today, let us repent, because the grace of God is here. The grace of God is here. We can repent. We can make a decision that today we are going to go all out for Jesus, no matter what. We're not going to compromise anymore. We're not going to make excuses anymore. We know that we're going to just allow God to give us that strength and that wisdom and that ability to take us to the place where we need to be. Your family, your friends, your neighbours, your workplace, they need to see that we are different and living like Jesus has called us to live. Despite the mistakes we made yesterday or in the past, you bring them at the foot of the cross. And if you really are repenting, 
Jesus washes them away. And he says, as far as the east is from the west, your transgressions will be taken away. That's the grace of God. That is the awesome, unconditional love of God. But if you don't know Jesus today, it's easy to compromise. You know today you can know Jesus. Because today is the day of salvation. Because when Jesus died on the cross to take away our sin, that we could go to heaven and spend eternity with him, then we mustn't leave without him. Because without him we cannot have that eternity in heaven. Because we have chosen not to want Jesus in our lives. But let me tell you today, he loves you. We're coming up to Easter soon. And it's a good time to really celebrate and remember what Jesus has done for us. As Christians, we remember it every day. But Easter is a good reminder and it's a good excuse to tell the people out there what Jesus really done for us on the cross. So any wrongs that we have done, if you come in repentance today, you can leave without that. How awesome. You can leave washed clean and purified. If you've compromised on anything in your life that has spoiled what Jesus is wanting for you, that can change. That can change right now. How amazing is that? Sometimes that we, we are going through issues and we're going through sometimes sickness or, or financial problems because we have made silly compromises. But that can change today. Because Jesus says, I give you a new day. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Oh, hallelujah. I just would like to pray for people. I don't know if there's any music can happen right now. But I just want to pray for people for three different things. First, I want to pray, but I don't want you to all come... At, each stage, come anyway. I want you to come forward for prayer. If you felt God is really talking to you about the compromises you've made, because let me tell you, I know there's someone here that has made compromises, but God is telling me that he has got a dynamic future for whoever you are. But you can't reach the door because you've put too many obstacles between you and the door that God wants you to go through. So I want you to come forward for prayer. We're going to stand up and sing in a minute. But I want you not to hesitate. Be bold. Have courage this morning. Because Satan is really going to be mad at you. But the angels in heaven are going to be rejoicing today. Come forward and, and just bring it to the cross and leave free with your burdens gone and your filled light. If you don't know Jesus but you want to accept him into your life today, don't leave without him because you're missing out on the love and the help and, and the guidance and all that you need without him. But you're making that choice.
And the third one is, is if you are sick today, I want you to come forward. I want the elders to be coming praying for you, for the sick. You will be healed. You will be healed. Because Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And he says in his word that he is the same God yesterday, today and forever. And so if he was healing when he walked the earth and he said we will see greater things, oh, hallelujah, why should you not leave healed? Why should you not leave restored? Why should you leave full of the burdens that you carried in? Let God change that today. Let us turn. Have you got us a music or a song? Let us turn. I'm just going to pray and then we'll sing. I'm just going to pray and then we'll sing. Oh, we'll sing and we'll pray. <laughs>